We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. It is game day for the Packers and the Colts. As we hit week 11 of the NFL season, Packers at 7-2 and two, looking to lock up that 500 or better season and continue their run in the NFC North. My name is Mike Well, and I'm joined by Gage Bridgeford to preview the, this afternoon's game. And Gage, uh, this is kind of an interesting perspective. You're, from, you're in Indiana. I'm in Wisconsin. Obviously, you're both Packer fans, but you're going to have some pretty good insight on, the, on what the Colts can bring. And, and what are your thoughts on this game, I guess, to get things started? Uh, my thoughts on this game, I, I've i been down on this Colts team all year. I have been, like, I've been critical of them. I haven't thought that they were as good. Similar to Chicago, like, I thought Chicago was good, but I thought that they were still overperforming their record. I think the same thing goes for the Colts. I think that the Colts have been largely, like Chicago, buoyed by a really good defense. Uh, I finally come around on that. But I... 
I think that they're a team that if they can play smart football and just take care of the ball, they can beat a lot of teams, which is how they're 6-3 and three on the year, and that's how they knocked off Tennessee last week is they made good plays and they won all three phases of the game. Um, against Indy, they match, or against Green Bay, they match up really interestingly. The main thing they want to do is run the football. Obviously, we all know that, that, that Green Bay just can't do that. Um, they can't stop that very efficiently, and if that's going to cause problems. If they are able to really get that ground game going early on, it's going to be a long day for Green Bay fans. Well, absolutely. But the one thing that will help Green Bay is the injury, the injury status because they've got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, that's going to help, especially on the edges. Obviously, Kevin King and Jerry Alexander both off the injury report, so they're going to play. Uh, yes, uh, Devontae Adams, of course, is, is set to go. Uh, guys who are uh, – Vernon Scott is off the injury report completely. All the offensive linemen are off. The the one loss that I think will hurt the run defense is Montrevious Adams. As weird as it is, and a lot of as much as he has gotten Reagan over the years, for good reason, he's played well this year. And and he's made some, some good, solid plays. But with him doubtful with a toe injury, that means that will probably mean Billy Wynn will be up, which will, which can help. But that that's a run stopper that's not going to be there. And with Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, that's a decent 300 rushing attack for the Colts. It is. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has underwhelmed this year. Everyone thought he was going to come in and just be like he was at Wisconsin, just run over everybody and just be untouchable, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't of that opinion. Um, I still thought Marlon Mack could bring something to this team. Obviously, he's injured now, so it was Taylor's job to have. But Taylor needed to get time to get his feet under him. Not every running back or not every rookie, for that matter, comes in and hits the ground running. It just It's unfortunate for Taylor because he had so much hype. And then you have guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, all these other offensive rookies that are coming in and just flat-out cooking right now. Taylor's still a good player, and he's behind a good offensive line. He's just not clicking yet, but... With Jordan Wilkins, who Jordan Wilkins has looked good in the last few weeks, and he, he's shown flashes since he entered the league. And Naeem Hines is a player that can give Green Bay fits because his ability to catch balls out of the backfield can, and he can generate big plays with it. He's a punt returner for a reason. He's a big play waiting to happen. He had one game last year where I think he had two punt return touchdowns and a kick and a, and a rushing or a receiving touchdown. It's just he's an impressive player. So. Green Bay, with Montrevious Adams out, that can cause a lot of issues because <clears throat> Adams would be the perfect guy to put next to Kenny Clark for a game like this. Get really, get big down in the trenches and really try and take it to Indy rather than letting Indy dictate the course because with guys like Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson in the middle, those are some big, bad dudes. Kelly is one of the better centers in football, and Quentin Nelson is, in my opinion, still the best guard in football, and if it's not him, it's Wyatt Teller in Cleveland. They're those are probably the two best left, like guards in football right now. Zach Martin, just a little bit older, dealt with some injuries this year, so that's why I knocked him down a little bit. But those guys are good, and they can, they can move Kenny around. They can move anybody around, too. Absolutely. And plus, for Indianapolis, Braden Smith now questionable with a thumb injury. That, that occurred late in the week. but I'm They expect him to play. I'm expecting he's going to play, which yep. at right tackle, that's another solid piece to have around. But, yeah, you talk about, like, the rookie impact. Like, Taylor did came with a lot of hype, and being in Wisconsin, I definitely know the hype that he's been generating. But any rookie running back should have time, especially with no training camp, no preseason, to try and have to get to try and find and use to the speed of the game, speed of the defenses. I think he'll be fine. I mean, I, it'll be it's going to be interesting to see how he handles Green Bay's front, handles the Smiths and Rashawn Gary getting upfield. 
and how he handles blocking assignments. But with the Packers' corners getting healthy, the Colts' passing game isn't as potent as probably a lot of us thought they would be. I mean, I, I've said for years, T.Y. Hilton's one of the most underrated players in football, but he's definitely showing some age this year at times. Uh, Pittman's good, but he's still kind of growing a little bit. And, and then the Colts, Jack Doyle has been banged up all season. Uh, tight end, he's questionable for this one with coming off a concussion. I he was a full participant practice on Thursday and Friday, so I think he is going to suit up, but it's not a guarantee. The The more important one is probably Mo Alley-Cox, honestly. with the He had the DMP on Friday after being limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, and he's not on the injury report, which is interesting. Like he's not listed as any designation. Yeah, that's that is a little weird. I wonder. I'm wondering if it's one of those, like they would have, like, but they would have put not injury related if it was if that's why he was missing, like if it was rest or a scheduled off day. So that's that's weird. Um, I don't know why they would do something like that because he's gonna suit up if he's not on the injury report, right? If he, and if he doesn't, that could lead to the league looking into it. Yeah. As we've seen in the past, and we know the consistency of the NFL punishment system. Yes, super consistent, ultra consistent. Well, when they make Gary Bedman the NHL competent, you know there's something wrong. This this league confuses the hell out of me. I I know we all watched the quick quick thing about league consistency. I know we all watched the Thursday night game. The idea of if a hit to the head gets like if a hit to the head of the quarterback happens, it gets called. Sometimes it's called soft. I get it. But this whole idea that certain quarterbacks are getting the call and certain ones aren't, Russ Wilson got chopped in the face. And if you're not, and if you're going to call that for half the other quarterbacks in the NFL, you got to keep it consistent. You got to call it for him. We've seen it get called for Rodgers this year. We've seen it get missed. Ha- have a make a call here. Like the hit to Wilson was clear as day too. Like he got hit in the face. It like the hand got into the face mask a little bit. Make the call. Pay attention. That's your job as the ref back there is to see that play happen. But we don't need to linger too long on that. That's one of those um, – Jacob Westendorf, uh, he said that he doesn't agree that the call should be made. Like, it should just be – that rule should be taken out. But if you're going to call it and it's – like, if it's in the rule book, you got to call it for everybody. Well, I'm with you. I, th- I think – I'm with him as well. I think it shouldn't be called. But if it's in there, you got to call it. It's like it's like calling offensive pass interference in the Big Ten, which I'm still angry about from Friday night. But that was garbage. We'll, 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 that's a different day's discussion. On, on how Purdue won Twitter and also got hosed by the rest to the point where a lot of bets got refunded by by a couple sports books. Wow. They, after that one. But moving forward, taking a look at this Packers-Colts matchup, of course, because we are the Pack at a podcast, we should be talking about the Packers. The last couple of times, granted, it was with the L.A. Chargers or San Diego Chargers at the time. Phillip Rivers has carved up Green Bay. Can he do it? No. I don't think so. Here's why. When... When he was carving up Green Bay, for one, Green Bay did not have the corners that they do now. Jair Alexander and Kevin King being fully healthy, Josh Jackson finally coming into his own in his third season. They have the corners to match up with these indie receivers. Jair Alexander has been arguably the best corner in football this year. I will be stunned if he doesn't get an all-pro nod with how he, with the level of play that he has put out there. And it's awesome to see. I love – Alexander might be – if not my favorite Packer, he's pretty close to it because I just I love watching this dude play ball. He goes out, he plays hard all the time, and he's got the right amount of com- confidence and smack talk to, and he backs it all up. It's great. I just I love watching him play. But 
there's not a guy in this game, like maybe T.Y., that he has to shadow, but there's not really a guy he has to shadow in this game because Pittman Jr., like you said, good young player, but he's not really put fully put it all together. Zach Pascal is a clear wide receiver two or three on a good team. T.Y. is older. He's lost a step. Like, Jair could go eliminate any one of those guys, and it wouldn't be a big deal. But, honestly, Green Bay could just line up all three of them across, like, their three corners and say, well, good luck. You're not going to be able to pass on any one of these guys. And for that reason, I think that Indy's only hope of winning this game is to really run the ball effectively and set up maybe some play action. And because I don't have any confidence in this Colts defense or in this Colts offense, Rivers' arm looks awful. It's bad. Like, if I can throw the ball as far as you can, that's a problem. And he can't throw it. He has no power on the ball. He's throwing nothing but knuckleballs every time he lets it go. It's just, it's bad. Everyone thought, oh, it's going to be explosive because of the weapons. The weapons are good, but Rivers is not. I'm not saying that they would be better with Jacoby Brissett under center, but Brissett would at least be able to drive the ball down the field effectively. We're watching, like, Mike, I know you and I are both watching the uh, IU Ohio State game right now. Justin Fields has the power to drive a ball. Michael Penix, the quarterback of IU, just doesn't have that. That's why he threw a pick six a little bit ago. Rivers doesn't have the ability to drive the ball anymore, and that causes problems, especially against the aggressive corners like the ones Green Bay has. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I do think Rivers is definitely... Yeah, he does, he's not the player he was, and there's no doubt. I mean, we saw that with Eli Manning. I mean... We're not we're not seeing with Roethlisberger as much, but the quarterbacks from that draft are. I mean, it was 17 years ago or 16 years ago. It's been a long time since those guys have been in the league, and players' age, father time, will always be undefeated unless you're Barry Bonds and you have help. But there's there will always be a time when your when your time in the league is up, and it's looking like more and more that way with Philip Rivers. And you're right, the running game is going to be huge. Naeem Hines is going to be huge. How the Packers cover him, I think he's going to be... Give me something, because Phil Rivers can make he can make those throws. Those are all in the flat. He can make those throws pretty easily. And if you get a guy like Hines in space and you don't wrap him up right away, it's going to be an issue. But on the other side, when you look at the Packers' offense against the Colts' defense, that Colts' pass rush is fearsome. I mean, he, Justin Houston's older, but he still can get the job done every now and then. DeForest Buckner is shown to be worth that 12th overall pick and more with the trade they made with San Francisco. He he has been 
lights out, and I think San Francisco may, may start to regret that trade eventually. He has been that good, and then you factor in some of some of the other players they have in that front seven. Darius Leonard, a top tier linebacker out there as well. Like this, Darius Leonard's looking to make a statement this week too. After the uh, the Fred Warner comments, yeah, I, I know you saw that. Aaron Rodgers said that Fred, Fred Warner was the best linebacker in football, and Darius Leonard heard that, and he has been talking all week that he is not pleased about that statement because Leonard, rightfully so, believes that he is the best linebacker in football. I'm not saying that he is. Because this might be the best that we've seen linebacker in a long time. Like with obviously with Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner and Levante David and those guys, linebacker was really good. But this is a deep, deep time in linebacker. Bobby Wagner, Levante David, Fred Warner, even Dre Greenlaw is good. There's just uh, Darius Leonard. There's so many talented young linebackers in football right now that if you like linebacker play, this is the best time to be alive right now because it's everywhere. Every time you turn on a game, there's Good players like hell, Miles Jack in Jacksonville is a great is a great linebacker. His knee is a time bomb, but right now it's not gone off yet, and so he's still playing really good ball. No, I'm with you. And Darius Leonard is a very good player. He, I mean, he's had uh, he's had his issues staying on the field now, but when he's out there, the in, you can tell that the speed of that defense is changing immediately when he's out there. So let's jump into our next topic, which is what we've done every preview, which is the Packers winning if. So, Gage, I'll go to you first. The Packers beat the Colts if what happens? They turn it into – their offense keeps clicking. Um, we talked about the defense of the Colts being good, and, and they are. They have the – they don't necessarily have the corners to match up with Green Bay, but they have the pass rush, especially with Buckner on the interior and Houston if he can turn back the clock. But Green Bay's offense has been the, the driving force for them all year, and if they can turn it into – not necessarily a shootout, but a game where they're putting up a good, they're putting up points regularly and forcing Indy to try and match them in that way. Indy can match them if the game is like the Minnesota game a few weeks ago, where Minnesota just kept the ball, had long drives, and kept Green Bay on the sideline. But if I just this Packers offense, especially if Lazard plays tomorrow, even if he doesn't play his usual workload because they want to work back slow, they have the receivers to make big plays happen. Devontae's healthy, which is awesome, and just really helps this team team play well, and I think that he can make Xavier Rhodes look like an average, look, look like a below-average corner as he has for the last few years when Rhodes was in Minnesota. So if the passing game is clicking for Green Bay, I think it's over. Um, I just don't think that there's any way that Indy – I don't think their offense is explosive enough to keep up with Green Bay's high-scoring uh, output. And uh, I'm with you, Gage. I, I think the, the Packers win if – but for me, it's if they control the middle of the field. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying front seven because Buckter and Leonard are, are that good, but when you get beyond that, when you have a, uh, going against Blackman, Willis, and Moore in the sa- in the secondary and, and Rhodes and, and Rocky Sin, and I just don't think without Malik Hooker back there and his range and his playmaking ability, you can if you can control the seams, you can control that deep that deep quarter. I think Green Bay's passing offense can really explode in 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 a dome environment without having to deal with weather, deal with all the other issues they have. I, I think that's going to go a long way toward this one. I think Green Bay can really win controlling the dead center of the football field and making Leonard drop back a little bit further than he would probably like. Then the other side, Gage, the, how would, what would happen, what would cause the Packers if they were to lose this game? It all comes down to the running game. Uh, if the Colts running game can, like if Green Bay's offense sputters at all early, and then Indy can get on the board first, and then can sustain those long drives. They can they can cause problems for Green Bay. Obviously, we've seen it. When Green Bay loses, it's because their defense cannot stop the run. 
And especially with Montrevious Adams out, that's an automatic downgrade on the defense, like the running defense as a whole. He's not necessarily a great pass rusher, but that's okay because when you have the other pass rushers around him, he doesn't need to be. But he needs to be there to stop the run. If he misses and Indy can really get that running game going and just sustain long 12, 13, 14 play drives and keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands. Rodgers is excited to play in this game because it's indoors. He hasn't played in, indoors in a long time. Has he? When's the last time he played in indoors? Like week one against Minnesota? New Orleans. Or, oh, New Orleans. So it would have been week three, so it's been two months since he's played inside. And this is perfect because he's been playing with this wind. He's going to be driving the ball really well, and he can get it in all over this defense with his with his arm because his arm talent is still as good as it's ever been. But if he's not on the field, he can't make plays. And the Colts, they don't want to take the ball out of Rivers' hands, but they are more than willing to let the defense just kind of try and slow down Green Bay, sustain long running drives, and set it up that way. So if Green Bay loses, it's because they're it's because their defense can't or it's because their defense can't stop the run. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said. I, I'm with you. I think that's what's going to be the biggest issue. Taylor Hines and Wilkins again. We've talked about they're a good trio. Uh, if they if they get going and they control the clock and and much like you said with the, with the Minnesota Vikings with what Dalvin Cook did, if those three combined do three quarters of what Cook did, it could be a long day. Uh, obviously, hopefully not, but we'll see what goes on there. Before we jump into the spreads and our predictions for the Packers themselves, let's take a quick look at the NFC North. There's a couple of games as well. Let's keep an eye on. Obviously, the the Bears are a bye, which is again no different from their offense anyway. So they're they're not playing this week, but Detroit is. They're in Carolina. Uh, it's. Detroit are four and five. Carolina three and seven. Carolina has lost five in a row, but Matt Patricia looking to keep his job. Detroit having their moments. I don't know what to think about this game. I don't think it matters that much, but you never know with some of those pesky teams. I want Carolina to win. I, for one, I don't want to. I don't want Detroit to win because it's obviously good to see NFC North teams lose. But I think Carolina is a fun team to watch this year. I just, I really do. They are, like, I like what Teddy Bridgewater has done. I think that Joe Brady and the offense is really clicking. They're able to, they're really able to keep keep the offense on schedule. P.J. Walker is possibly going to be the starter next week, or this week, because Teddy's still dealing with an injury. But when you have guys like Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson, D.J. Moore, Mike Davis even as a backup running back, you're going to be able to move the ball no matter who's behind center. And with Walker having the week to get more practice to possibly be the starter, then I'm sure that he, the offense will be a little bit better. And against Detroit, it's easy, pretty easy to move the ball because their defense is pretty damn bad despite having a defensive-minded head coach who has all of the pieces he could ever dream about. For Detroit, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Danny Amendola, Kenny Galladay, obviously both out, but Matt Stafford's got a thumb injury. Uh, Quintez Cephas is now your wide receiver two there. Uh, it's either him or Marvin Hall, depending on who you're – how you're looking at it. Torn ligament in the thumb doesn't exactly make it easy to grip the ball or throw it. And Stafford has dealt with injuries the last couple of years between the back injury last year, the thumb injury now. Minnesota, or Detroit's favored by two in this game. I would personally prefer Carolina. I think that they're the better team. I think that their defense has played well all year, uh, especially with Detroit being so limited on offense. DeAndre Swift is out. I'm kind of, I find it hard to believe that um, Carolina is still the dog. I think that if it comes out that Teddy is for sure playing, I think we might see this game move closer to a pick 'em and might move in Carolina's favor, to be honest. So 
I think Carolina ends up winning that game. I just think that they're the better team. The record may not show it, but I think that they've shown it on the field. Absolutely, and with Carolina, if they do inch their way closer and closer, a little bit closer to 500, I wonder if we're going to see some maybe some some down ballot coaching your votes for Matt Rule. He's done a really good job in his first year there, and I think Carolina's in good hands with him. The other NFC North game will be Thursday or Sunday afternoon as well, during the same time as the Packers. So thankfully, I won't be stuck watching this game, which will be Minnesota and Dallas because yeah, that's going to be a thing because Minnesota is playing really well. They're getting better, and, of course, Dallas is the biggest disappointment in football. But when we look at this game, Minnesota should run all over Dallas, you'd think. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. They should, and I think that that's what's going to ultimately end up happening. Minnesota is favored in the game by seven points, and that's nearly universal. There's a couple places where you can get it at Minnesota seven and a half, but it's nearly across the board for me at minus seven. Andy Dalton's going to be back, which automatically boosts up the passing offense. I know some people are like, oh, well, Andy Dalton's not that good. Andy Dalton's a good backup. He's just playing behind a bad offensive line, and he got thrust in, and then he got knocked out by one of the dirtiest hits we'll probably see all season. I think the Minnesota just ends up winning this game. From like They just get out and they boat race them. It might not be the highest scoring output just because they like to run the ball so much. And Kirk Cousins finally got his big win on Monday night, but that's just because the Bears' offense is the most inept group that we've ever seen. Quick random fun fact about the Bears' offense. In the Matt Nagy era, they are 19-4 and when they score a touchdown in the first half. A. A. A, a touchdown, not not touchdowns, not a lot of touchdowns, not have a touchdown lead. Just score a touchdown in the first half. They're 19-4. and four. That's, that's really good. But anyway, I think Minnesota wins this game uh, pretty easily. And I, if I was betting on this game, which I still might, um, I'm probably taking Minnesota to cover seven. Yeah, that's a sneaky team seeking in that playoff race, too, as well as Minnesota. I don't want to see them in January. I, I don't think they end up getting there. Uh, I just think that the rest of the NFC is too good. Like, just a quick NFC breakdown. So we were taking Green Bay to win because Green Bay is just winning this division really easily. And then you have whatever the NFC is, East is, they're only going to send one team. The NFC West is probably going to send three teams between Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. I just think the 49ers are going to fade. So there's three, so now we're up to six, and then the seventh is going to be one of the NFC South teams. Well, you have we have the, the north, the east, the three in the west, and then I got to think Tampa Bay and New Orleans. North, three in the east, or three in the west, east, south. Oh, okay, I, I, okay so yeah, Tampa and New Orleans, so there we go. We have seven. I don't think that the, I don't think the Vikings are able to overcome the other two teams in front of them, which are going to be Tampa and New Orleans. Yeah, or or, or or Arizona or L.A. It's it's going to be tight, but I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, it's going to be tight, but I think that they're ultimately just not that good. I also think that they have to face they have to face Chicago again, and I think Chicago will be better in the rematch. 
Um, and also, they're relying on Dalvin Cook staying healthy, which nothing against Dalvin Cook. I'm glad that he's playing well after getting paid, which never happens for a running back. But I think he, I think that his health is a big issue. He also didn't he get injured earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah, and he missed the game against Atlanta. So if he gets dinged up, this entire Minnesota offense is just going to be kind of messed up because what they want to do won't be able to happen. Okay, so now let's take a look at some of the numbers here in the Green Bay-Indianapolis matchup. Uh, Gage, you're the one who has all the numbers up. But what, what's the spread for this game? Spread for this game is Green Bay is actually a one-and-a-half-point dog. You can get it at one or two in a couple of different places, but they're one-and-a-half-point dog. That line has actually moved. One point since uh, Thursday uh, when I bet on it. I bet it at Green Bay minus two and, or plus two and a half, so I got them as a dog. I took them on the money line to win. I just think that they're the better team, better ball club. Uh, 51 and a half is your over-under here, so they're expecting about a 20, to about 26 to 24 type game, somewhere in that range, maybe 27, something like that. But I just think, I think Green Bay is the better team. I think that they're only getting – and the only reason the Colts are favored is because it's a home game. Uh, for those that aren't betting regulars, uh, Vegas generally gives three points. Vegas slash sportsbooks, whatever, generally gives three points for a home team. So if you see, like Indy, if Indy was favored by three in this game, the sportsbooks view this view these teams as equal, but Indy's getting a three point bump. So right here, they are convinced the Green Bay is actually one and a half points better than Indy, but because they're at home, they get that bump. Um, I'm taking Green Bay to cover that line. If I'm betting, like I have bet on this game, I bet them at two and a half. I would have taken this game up to three, possibly. I would have taken it up to four. Or no, I would take it as a Green Bay as a three point favorite. I got my words kind of mixed up there. If Green Bay was a three point favorite in this game, I would still feel comfortable doing that. Um, I just think Green Bay is the better team. Um, I'm going to take the over on the points because I think if Green Bay is going to win they're going to have to put up points, and I think that they would allow points to Indy on the other side. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think, yeah, the line's shifting enough. I think when they got the injury news of Devontae Adams going to play, Jerry Alexander going to play, I think that's going to go a long way toward helping. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I take Green Bay in the points. I probably go the over as well. This this isn't going to be like with like we saw with the windy games, how it's going to be low scoring, kind of a, kind of a dogfight. This one will be a little more freewheeling, a little more open. And, and, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to really enjoy playing inside, and I think that they'll feel the Green Bay's offense. So with our final predictions, Gage, what's your, what do you think is going to be the actual score of this game? Final score of this game, I'm going to go Green Bay 31, Indy 27. Uh, I'm still getting my, I'm still getting my over to kick in there. I just think Green Bay is the better team. I think that their offense is built to beat the – the Colts' defense, uh, Indy doesn't want to give up big shots down the field, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the NFL's best at hitting those, uh, especially with him clicking with MBS lately. If Alan Lazard comes back, that's another downfield weapon. Devontae Adams is going to carve up whatever corner you put in front of him. Like, even Kenny Moore, who, in my opinion, is the best Colts corner, he's, he's smaller at, like, 5'9", but he's still one of the best uh, slot corners in football. Um, I just think that... Green Bay has the pieces on their side of the ball to knock off the Colts, and so I'm excited. So I'm excited to watch this game because I don't normally get to see these two teams match up, but I just think Green Bay's uh, better from stem to stern. Yeah, I think I actually think it's gonna be even a little closer. I'm gonna go thirty. I'm gonna go thirty to twenty-seven. Uh, I do think it'll be a, a battle. I think Indy. I think Frank Reich's a good enough coaching. He'll get them up and he'll get them going, and he'll be able to make some adjustments. But I think at the end, I think eventually Aaron Rodgers is going to be too much for him. Aaron Jones will be a little bit too much. 
and I think they they're gonna be let's take get eight and two, but it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the tougher games they've had all season. So we we both think Green Bay will win, but it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting one. So Gage, as we wrap things up, I know you got a lot going on in your place, so where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at GBridge for the NFL as always. I will be live tomorrow morning, or well today now at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I will be with at least Alex Strofe, uh, possibly Tyler Gresgore. He is moving, that's why he's not here with us today. So he might be there, he might not. I'm not 100% sure on that one yet, but I'll be on Twitter from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, giving fantasy football advice, answering any questions you might have. Uh, and then I'm as always working on stuff for Rotoballer, Denver Stiffs, covering the Denver Nuggets. Dynasty nerds. I do a lot of stuff. I wear a lot of hats. Uh, if you ever have any questions for me, come find me. My DMs are open, my, and I read and respond to every mention that I get. So if you want to read anything that I do, go find it there. I can't list off everything that I do in a week because would, we would be here for a while. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at MikeWorman, all one word. Uh, high school football season just wrapped up in Wisconsin. We had our final games on Thursday night. But, however, high school basketball starts next week, so I'll be doing that for Zaleski Sports. You can find my work there on ZaleskiSports.com, find my play-by-play work. And so I'll be doing that starting next week with basketball and hockey over the course of this winter, as long as everything continues to go according to plan. And, of course, find us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. All of our great contributors, all of our great uh, colleagues doing some spectacular work around that as well. And also find us wherever you can find your podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, we'll there as well. Uh, give us a subscription, give us a comment, let us know, and give us a rating. And, of course, get ready for some Packer football. It's going to be a good one, Packers and Colts, once every four years. I'm looking forward to it. I know Gage is as well. So, everyone, stay safe, stay warm, always carry the G, enjoy the game, and go Pack Go. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.